So um, it was primarily Sinatra, Streisand, The Carpenters, until I was about 12 years old. I remember I saw a commercial for Elvis selling a compilation CD and Teddy Bear was on it. And um, they were just, it was just all the singles. And I convinced my mother to buy me the find me that Elvis album and that sort of sent me in a completely different direction. But then, you know, and then when I got my license and started driving again, everything sort of changed, you know, the, so I, I discovered beer girls and, um, you know, right about that time um, while, while I was in high school, I heard about Bruce. I think I even, you know, I, I think I tweeted this um, not too long ago that my first, my first reaction to Springsteen was of, you know, it's a cult and people are weird. You love it way too much. I, I no way anything could be that good. And for years, like for, for from sophomore all the way through senior year, I just refused to listen to it because I just thought it was um, over the top. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. Joining me today is my new friend, Vinny Tripodi. Uh, how you doing, Vinny? I'm good. I'm good. Except yeah, it, it for close. the... It was actually Tripodi. Tripodi. Okay, yes, Tripodi. Yes, I yes. should have asked that before. That's uh, okay. <laughs> yes, that's okay. With the name, you know, with a name like Jesse Jackson, uh, I don't talk about, about it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, tell us a little about yourself. Sure, sure. So um, I'm a tech geek. I work for the Associated Press. It's a fun job. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had an opportunity to travel around a little bit to see Bruce domestically. You know, never yeah. mentioned me, but... AP sort of afforded that was kind of cool. Um, been a fan for since since probably senior year of high school, so forty years. You can believe mm-hmm. it. Um, and uh, you know, I I am like everybody else, just sort of sort of waiting for um, Bruce to reveal tour dates so we can start making plans and get out of the house and go see some shows. You know. Yeah, I, I've I've talked a couple of times. Um... This as we're recording this, the last Tuesday, my wife and I went and saw the Eagles, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. And then um, on Friday night, she was out on a girls' trip, and so I went and saw Michael Nesmith and Mickey Dolenz uh, doing a kind of farewell to the Monkees tour, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, slowly but surely, there's a little bit of live music happening here in Dallas, and. So we're all wearing our masks. We're all having to show our vaccination card as we go into the venue. And uh, I have no problem with that. I'm in fact, I'm happy to do it. I'm I'm glad to do it. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to get the booster. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. I live in Asbury. So I've been I've been sort of um, um, sort of inching my way into the live music scene little and little over the last few weeks. I went to that See Here Now festival last weekend and 
How so, was it? And, oh, I mean, Pearl Jam. I had never seen Pearl Jam before, and they were every bit as good as you you would think they would be. Um, really good band. Who else was there? So, uh, Patti Smith. Yeah. Um, great version of Because the Night. Yeah, and uh, I guess uh, and Eddie and Pearl Jam did a couple of like My City in Ruins. He did, right? Yes, yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. He sparked a few. He sparked a little bit of a uh, furor here in Asbury because they sound checked it the night before, and so everybody was obviously speculating that Bruce would show up for those shows. Okay, but, yes. Yeah, he never showed up at all during that weekend. It was it was disappointing, but still fantastic. You know, you know that's an interesting thought. It and we talked about this like four or five years ago is uh and this was um that you know it's sometimes you know people will buy tickets for an event with the hope that he would be there and then when he doesn't show up get disappointed instead of treating it the way i would is i want to see the event period right and if he comes that's kind of like a bonus yeah yeah yeah. No, you're right about that. I mean, you know, I am certainly guilty of being sort of a, a little bit of a Bruce stalker over the years. Yeah. Right? I mean, I've I've gone to places to the pony and every, you know, on some rumor that Bruce might show. But you, sure. know, always, you always want to enjoy yourself while you're there. So you got to take in whatever's happening. And just yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I was telling this story to somebody else. Um, I didn't see him till 2002. That was my first show. And it was the rising here in Dallas and Don Henley speaking of the Eagles uh, at the time was living in Dallas. I think he still does, but he uh, joined Bruce on stage and they did. Um, I fought the law, Cool, you know, and then the next time I saw him was at devils and dust and Jimmy LaFay joined him for my Oklahoma home. So I was like, Oh, so this is a deal now, I guess, you know, like, <laughs> I guess he just finds a local musician every show and has them come back. And, uh, That's great. yeah. So when yeah. I was in Nashville, uh, I was really, really during like the high hopes tour, mm -hmm. I was like, man, Nashville, there's got to be someone who's going to join him. Right. And no one did. And no it was one. a great show, but you just were thinking right there, someone had to, you know, so. you know, you don't, you wonder, you know, sort of what, what, what triggers his desire to call someone or not. Yeah. Call someone, right. I mean, yeah. Um, it's, it seems kind of random. It know? does. And, uh, and I remember during the first Broadway run, Billy Joel was on one of the talk show hosts one of the talk shows, I don't remember if it was Fallon or, or, you know, late mm -hmm. night or whoever, but, you know, Jimmy, uh, he was talking to whoever the host was and talking about going to see Broadway. And he said, you know, I was there and I, he says, I was kind of waiting for Bruce to go, oh, and you're going to mm -hmm. join me on stage. Right. right. He says, cause right. that's what we do. You know, he yeah. says, you know, that's what we do. We, you know, mm -hmm. you, you go meet somebody and they go, oh, you're going to join. He said, and um, he didn't invite me on stage. And mm -hmm. I was a little bit till I saw the show. And then I went, oh, it's not that kind of show. Right. Uh, but yeah. So I think that's, that's a really yeah. interesting point. It is. I mean, you know, nobody, that's one of the things that's so impressive about Bruce is that he just seems to have a feel for the moment that he's in. And he knows exactly what needs to be done, what the moment calls for. And the guy doesn't seem to make mistakes about that either. He just seems to have a knack for just getting the best out of every moment that he's in. It's you know, Vinny, when I remember during the 
the second river tour, right? Um, there was a lot of, um, it was, I found it humorous that there was a lot of people, not a percentage of people complaining that he was doing the river shows, right? Like doing the whole album. Right. Like, hey, wait. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he went over to Europe, his internal barometer said, eh, I think I shouldn't do this. So let me go back to a normal. And then some of the same people were complaining like, well, my goodness, if I'd known he wasn't going to do it, I would have gone to, you know, (laughs) so, um, but I do think, and I think Steven has talked about this, that Bruce has this internal, like when to change up the set list and when that maybe we should, um, you know, bring in some of the older hits or bring in, you know, some of the new ones or, you know, to pull what, um obscure you know something from track so you it is definitely springsteen roulette like you never know for sure what you're going to get that's for sure that's for sure he does it and and, you know the the, he does it in the middle of the show and sometimes i'll be watching a song and think that was different Mm -hmm. you know um an inflection or something right yeah he just seems to always be aware in every single moment of what he's doing such command over his performance it's Really, it's really incredible. Yeah, I agree. And and I do think, I, I remember someone saying once there was, you know, a bunch of kids showed up for Dancing in the Dark and someone was complaining about it. And my friend said, look, there's nothing that happens on stage that he doesn't approve. Oh. You know, I mean, he, you quote unquote the boss, but he yeah. is the ultimate control freak about what happens on that stage from, you know, first note to ending note he it is totally what he wants to happen no doubt no doubt yeah. about yeah. all right so then he talk about growing up where did you grow up and what kind of music did you listen to sure um so i grew up primarily in hillside new jersey which is in union county sort of right outside of newark and not too far out of manhattan okay um, had a short period of time in the middle there where i lived in Sarville, new jersey right around the corner from bon jovi in fact um there was one, well, I was, a, I, was, I was a crossing guard at, at our grammar school and uh, Bon Jovi, we, we were in fifth grade or something. And um, Bon Jovi was, was, was on his walk into school. It was like, I don't know, 8.45 in the morning and, and, and sixth grade and, and he was smoking a joint with his friends. Oh, and, wow. And I, and I turned them in as the crossing guard, which I, uh-huh. know I <laughs> which I look back and think, what was I thinking, you know, but what um, you didn't know, I knew what did I know, you know, I was in the two shoes. So I turned John Bon Jovi in in sixth grade. For, for so joint, that, and, you know. <laughs> anyway, that, so that, yeah. that was my, it's primarily hillside, but you know, yeah. my, so my, that reminds me of two stories. One, um, my dad tells the story that, um, when he was stationed in Germany, um, one of his first tours in Germany was the same time that Elvis was there and he busted Elvis and gave him a hard time because he was doing guard duty, you know, and wasn't following everything. The second story is, um, and there is a local sports guy named, um, Mike Reiner Mm -hmm. and he had been in a lot of bands and they pick at him that he told Stevie Ray Vaughan he wasn't good enough to be in their band. And the reality was 
you know, when when they quit busting his, you know, balls, the reality was they were he said he was 15 at the time. We were 19. We the reason we didn't get him in the band was there's just not going to work a minor and us playing nightclubs. He says it was it. He said it was you guys. I know you're picking at me, but the reality is even at 15, we could tell how talented he was and what, what, you know, how you would love to have him in the band, but he couldn't get in the venue. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A 15 year old, you know, when you're playing clubs. Yeah. But they love to tell the story. Oh yeah. You're the one that told Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. Well, we'll call you later. Right. (laughs) I always wanted to confront him at some point in my life and say, John, do you remember? Do you remember? Yeah. He's got to remember that. And that would be funny if he goes, yes, I hated you. And you know, yes, oh, no. I'm like, I want to apologize now, you know, 50 years later. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> a great story. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, I grew up in Hillside and, um, mm-hmm. um, what kind of music did your family listen to? So um, it was primarily Sinatra, Streisand, um, the Carpenters, um, and then, and then until I was about 12 years old, I remember I saw a commercial for, Elvis selling a compilation CD and Teddy Bear was on it. And um, they were just, it was just all the singles. And I convinced yeah. my mother to buy me the, buy me that Elvis album. And that sort of set me in a completely different direction. Um, but, you know, still 45s. I was, I was a kid growing up in the seventies. I, I was born in 63. So, um, you know, I was a teenager when, Band, like these teen bands like the DeFranco family were coming out. I thought Tony DeFranco was the greatest thing I had ever seen, you know, kind of, kind of funny. Um, but then, you know, and then when I got my license and started driving again, everything sort of changed, you know, the, I, I discovered beer um, girls and um, you know, right about that time um, while, while I was in high school, I heard about Bruce um, I think I even, you know, I, I think I tweeted this um, not too long ago that my first my first reaction to Springsteen was of, you know, it's a cult and mm-hmm. you people are weird. You love it way too much. I, I, yeah. There's no way anything could be that good. And for years, like for, for from sophomore all the way through senior year, I just refused to listen to it because I just thought it was um, over the top. You know? Well, you know, I, I, I can think of people you know, growing up in, let's say the Dallas Fort Worth area, majority of them are going to be, you know, Dallas Cowboy fans, right? It's, it's their, their, their parents were and their grandparents were, and that's where you you grow up, you're doing that, but a small percentage rebels, mm-hmm. right? Like, Hey, I, you know, everyone else likes these. I'm going to find something else. I'm going to be, you know, um, whether it's a, a Washington fan or, you know, like uh, Tampa Bay or just something just to do. So mm-hmm. there, there is that where you're kind of rebelling yeah. and also, well, um, if it's that, if everyone's saying it's that good, well, come on, it can be. And, you know, every once in a while, I don't know about you, Vinny, but you'll hear about a movie oh, it's great, it's great, it's great. And you kind of go in there with a little bit of chip on your shoulder, like, okay, right, yeah, yeah, prove me. And then sometimes it is. Uh, The latest thing that happened to me was Ted Lasso, 
right? right. Like, I don't know if you've watched the show. I haven't. I've been avoiding it because of that very reason. Exactly. And I will tell you, I do not think you will be disappointed. But that for that very reason is like, okay, let's see how good this is. You're like, oh my goodness, it it really is that good. It really is that good. Yeah. 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 So when did you when did you quote unquote join the cult? Um so um the summer of my senior year, so it was 81. Okay. Um I started dating a girl that I would eventually marry. And, um, you know, she was completely into Bruce. She looked the part, you know, um, sitting on a hood of Dodge, drinking a warm beer in a soft summer yeah. rain. And a girl, you know, just, just was amazing. And she had the Winterland. I think it was the Winterland bootleg. I, I, I think on vinyl in her room mm-hmm. and, and, and we would, and I don't know, something about the song Drive All Night just set me over the edge, right? The Drive All Night song, um, it had a skip in it. And, and so it was like just this thing that got me and between her and the music. And, be, and within a month, um, I was at one of the River shows. And so, you know, I went with her and a friend of mine, Lou, and uh, a couple other people. And I, that was it. I was off to That's the all she wrote. That was all she wrote at that point. I've said this many times, Vinny, that two kinds of people people that go to their first bruce show and go damn that was long and Mm -hmm. then the others who go oh my goodness when can i do this again yeah right and so yeah absolutely i mean i've lost jobs i mean i i mean they weren't great jobs like when i was in high school and shortly after i was pumping gas i pumped gas at 12 different stations because i got fired for every one for just not showing up so i can go to a springsteen concert (laughs) 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 so funny but uh yeah, I, I was, I was, so, I so. So, um, back when he was doing the book signings, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he did all the East coast side and, and they announced he was going to be in Austin, Texas mm-hmm. in November. And, um, and I had just started a new job. I mean, just started a new job had not been in the job probably two weeks when they announced this and um and it was a good job like to give you a little background i had spent nine months unemployed looking for a job got a job that paid you know 60 cents on the dollar to what i was making did that for a year then got this new job that was 80% of what I used to make, you know, so significant. And so what I did is I said, okay, well, there's no way I'm going to get a ticket. But Mm -hmm. I went online, bought a ticket and got one. And so I'm like, okay, I might be able to convince my boss, but there's no freaking way I'm going to convince my wife that I should do this. Right. Right. And uh, so when I started the job, there were, like four open recs. I, 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 it was a tech support center. Mm. And then someone quit. And then there were five open recs. And so um, we, had, we had gone in and we got a bunch of resumes. And so I called a bunch of people and I said, by the way, um, you don't have to do this, but I'm not going out of town for Thanksgiving. So the Friday after Thanksgiving, if you want to come in and interview, I'll be here in the building. Mm-hmm. And if you 
don't, that's fine. We'll do this next week. You know, this is just, you know, I was trying to get ahead of it. So I ended up having seven or eight people come and interview. So I was telling my boss that Monday after Thanksgiving, I said, yeah, Joel, I ended up talking to people. He goes, really? You worked on that Friday? I said, yeah. He said, well, you know, like if you want a day off, it let me know. Well, <laughs> just, so just, just so happens. And he said, oh, well, then you've got to go. Absolutely. So I did. I, I ended up like it was December 1st. And it was like I got up that morning, drove straight to Austin, stood in line, got my book signed, got my picture with him and then drove back home and was at work the next day. Right. Awesome. But uh, yeah, it was you know, just, just crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. The stuff you do. Right. I mean, I, I, I didn't have an opportunity to, uh, to go to the book signing. I tried to get into that. Now, if you, do you remember that Q and a thing he did? I think yeah. Massachusetts didn't get a ticket for that. Um, you know, so, when I live in Asbury, I was going to ask, like, have you run into him? No, have you, no, no, you've not I'm, run into him. No, no I'm, I'm like, I'm like Bruce repellent, you know, he's just hey. knows I'm around. And <laughs> so it, it hasn't happened yet. And I got to tell you that I would have that in mind. Like, I'd be like looking at like, oh, is that a range order? Right. 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 Is that like, right. oh, no, no, somebody else. Yes. It's because you never know. Because you see the pictures look like he's in the wild now that, you know, the things have slowed down a little bit. So that's that's hilarious. I mean, he spends a lot of time hanging out at Man- in Manasquan um, near the inlet. And um, yeah. I, I don't live very far from there. Um, it's just, it's so random though, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it is. It's random. I mean, I've tried, I mean, I had, there's so many stories I have of like, I mean, I, you know, that story of Bruce where he climbed the wall of Graceland and, yeah. and I mean, in, in 1986, when right after he married Julianne, um, the girl that I mentioned earlier and I, who I hadn't married yet, uh, we, we baked him a congratulations cake, him and Julianne, and we, we brought it to his house in Rumson and parked the car down the street and brought dog biscuits because I heard he had dogs. And we snuck up his lawn, hiding behind trees with this cake and made it all the way to his front door and knocked on the door. And the security guard was in the car in the driveway and didn't see us and came out and said, he's not home. If he was home, he would answer the door. He's not home. Um, and we sat on the, on the roof of the car and, and ate the cake with the security guard and, and left. But I mean, I... I have. <laughs> I mean, that is exactly what Bruce did with Graceland. I exactly, mean, right? Except yes. he, he and Little Steven didn't have a cake, but except for that, yeah. Oh wow. Funny. Yeah. So I mean, it didn't have a happy ending, but it was fun. No. You know. Um, so and you know, and then there was a, in in '99, um, I went to the re, one of the reunion shows in Cleveland. It's all three group. Uh, Cleveland. Yeah. Those are two. I can't. I can't remember. I think it was the 14th and 15th of November, something like that. Um, and uh, I stayed in the same hotel as the band. Okay. And in fact, we paid for suites. And so uh, my buddy Kevin and I, who played the acoustic guitar, we had access to the hospitality suite at the top of, I think it was the Fairmont, right? Yeah. So the first morning we go up there, we're like, let's go hang out in the hospitality suite. Kevin brings his guitar and we're sitting on the couch and in walks Nils and little Steven and Danny, I mean, they just came in, they went to the little bar, got some orange juice, yeah. got a little muffin, and they walked out. And Kevin and I were like, what just happened? We were frozen. We were just frozen on the couch in, in the hospitality suite. So we're like, okay, we're going to camp out here now. I guess we're not. Yeah, leaving, exactly. Yeah. Right? 
So not only that, but we started playing songs and people like and he was playing Springsteen songs. So we would sit there on the couch drinking beer all day, singing acoustic Springsteen songs to the point where Terry, the, the, his security guy, right. um, came in and p- poked his head in and said, Bruce can hear this shit. This nonsense has to stop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, so we stayed up there, but we lost the guitar at that point. You know, our, oh, our, how hilarious. Like, like, I wonder if Bruce can hear this. But, you know, we learned a lot about, we got, I got, got pictures of Steven and got you a did. chat with the band. And oh, that's great. We watched the masseuse come rolling down the hallway before one of the shows to Bruce's room, gave him this massive massage before, before one of the shows and left. And then they snuck Bruce out of the room and through the kitchen and then down out through the thing. And my friend and I were running through the kitchen after him, trying to catch up with him. Bruce, Bruce, uh, yeah. Bruce, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I've, I've been sort of. Well, you know, you've at least got a little to meet bit of some a of the, you got to meet some of the bands. So that's yes. good. That was cool. And as we're recording this, uh, little Steven's book came out today, you know, yeah. so yeah. I'm excited about getting to read that. You're actually missing the interview. I, there was a live stream tonight. I did see that, and and uh, I, you know, I, uh, I, I, I thought about it because you could you could pay for it and then stream it later. Okay. And I went, man, eh, no, I, I, I think I'm okay because uh, right. I had or- I, I, I've already ordered, you know, I had ordered it from Amazon, and then I, I ordered the Kindle version too. So I ordered the hardback and the Kindle and I went to go, I said, you know, I should go and get the autograph copy. And mm-hmm. I saw that Amazon had already shipped it. And I'm like, well, okay, I'll yeah. just, I'll go with it. Um, yeah, he's, doing, he's doing that Miami Steve thing, right? He's yeah. Some of them as Miami he Steve. is. Yes, he is. Um, one of the, one of the questions, um, my buddy, Sam, um, a year or so ago, I talked to, I was lucky enough to have Maureen Van Zandt on the podcast. Wow. Yeah. Funny. And she was really nice. And I said, did you marry little Steven or, or, or Miami Steve? <laughs> and uh, that was my buddy Sam's question. And she said, I started dating Miami Steve. I ended up marrying little Steven. I said, <laughs> okay, that's, that's a perfect answer. That's a perfect answer. <laughs> Um, so Vinny, I always like to preface this. You kind of talked a little bit about this. The number of times you've seen Bruce mm-hmm. is not a fair barometer of what kind of fan you are, but do you count how many times you've seen him? Have you got a count? Um, I mean, I stopped, I stopped counting at 150 or so. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't think it's much more than that. It's, okay. It's, you know, um, most of those shows have happened since the reunions. Okay. Though, Cause I, could not afford to go to some sure. right. you know but yeah, yeah. i mean i i have a terrible memory i there's 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 some moments that stick out you know this the the birthday show in philadelphia um mm-hmm. the recording of his mother yeah that, that was that was one of the shows where you sort of walk out and you're just looking at the people as you're walking out saying i can't believe what i just saw do you believe what we just saw that was that was incredible Wow. The whole, the crowd just walked out in disbelief at how good that show was. And yeah, you know, he does that, you know, a lot, but that that was one that, that really stood out for me. Do you, if you had to choose, do you like better when it's the E street orchestra with 
all the horns and the background singer or do you like it when it's the stripped down only 12 people on the stage that's the eastery band yeah i mean i i i love both i have to say i love the garage band version of bruce the best and yeah. um, and no and no dig at patty i'm not i i love i've grown to like and enjoy patty yeah um and her music but i think there's something about bruce when he's on stage without patty and he's just with the boys that and you know, kicks it up a notch. Um, I love the influence that Morello had on the band. Yeah. Um, and I love the influence that Jay Weinberg had on the band when he was playing, when he was playing a couple of shows and he did the, the, um, was it the Christmas shows? There were some shows that he did mm-hmm. that were back the band. I can't remember what that, but I saw them yeah. at convention hall and that show that I saw at convention hall with Jay on drums was, was just different. And Max is obviously is Max, but I mean, yeah. There's there's something about other musicians tweaking Bruce that really I, I sort of dig, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, a couple of people, and in, including my buddy Sam, was like, well, anything that needs to be done, Niels can play it or Bruce could play it. I don't see why you need Morella. Um, I didn't mind, and in fact, I I enjoyed the enthusiasm because you could tell how much Tom mm. Morella was enjoying being playing with them. I right. mean, just, this was like a little kid, like, okay, I get to play with this band. It's hilarious. It's so, amazing. As a matter of fact, he said that there's no one else he would play number two to outside of Bruce Springsteen. Like if, yeah. he, if anybody else asked him to play in their band, he would say, no, Bruce is the only guy that yeah. he would play for. Which is yeah, helpful. absolutely. Um, do couple other stories do you have a couple other stories from shows um let's, let's have, I, I wrote a couple down on the board behind behind you just okay so remember you know there there was um i was working with my girlfriend again my you know before marriage she worked for wdha the radio station in north jersey yeah um and we went together on behalf of the radio station to the show in 1985 at um in philadelphia yeah, um, I guess it was I guess it was RFK. Okay, uh, if I remember right, and uh, um, we were looking for to get people to interview on the radio. So we had our we, one of the the, the uh, Curtis K, I believe, was that uh, for those people in New Jersey that are listening to this, you'll recognize the DJ mm-hmm. K, who recently passed, unfortunately. Um, really good guy. He was he was doing the show from RFK, and my girlfriend Phyllis and I were were walking around the the area where the the um bands and their and their guests were hanging looking for people so we got amy bitten on the air um we, we got out in the suite next to us was michael douglas who you know was making out with some girl who wasn't his wife we were like wow that's michael douglas in, the, in that suite next to us watching bruce making out with some girl who's <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, we got Bill Murray on the air. Bill, Bill said, I said, we said, hey, Bill, a couple of minutes on the air. He's like, why do you want me to do that? I want to watch the show. Just leave me alone. And we're like, yeah. please, just a couple minutes. So he came on. Um, and if I remember that show, Bruce did, uh, he went back into his catalog to pre born, you know, born to run yeah. and did some older songs, which at the time, I didn't really know. I mean, I was 22. Right. I, I was born to run. And after I knew, sure. yeah, I knew some of the bigger songs in the first two albums, but, you know, lost in the flood. 
Lost in the Flood came on one time when I was uh, when I was when I was about that same time, early twenties, and, and I, I didn't even know it was Bruce. Yeah, I mean that's how how far I had to go, you know, in my fandom. Yeah, to, you know, I didn't even know the song. Uh, Vinny, did you get a chance to go to Broadway either time? I I, I went bo- one show on each run. Very nice. Yes, amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, just what, what do you say? It's it's, it's so good. You didn't have to choose, but was there one you preferred over the other? Um, I thought I thought the recent show was was probably better. Um, better is such a weird word. I mean, it was it was different. Um, it, it it had it had a lot more. It, I felt like Bruce learned from the first run, um, used the moment to add, um, the, you know, yeah, different ending. Um, and it just felt, I, I felt more emotion and, yeah. the, and the duets with Patty this time around were phenomenal fire right. was yeah. smoking hot, sexy. I yeah. mean, that was, that was made. Did you, did you get a chance to see it? So, no, I went to the first time I, I was able to get a ticket and through the grace of my lovely bride, I was able to go fly into New York, see the show, came home the next day and was, then um when the second round was invited you know announced Mm. she looked at me and i said nope nope i'm not going to ask i said my hope is he doesn't change a note because i'm going to be jealous if he does i said but um you know and i am hoping i guess landau said that they are going to do something they will do something for people who didn't get to see it that they're they're doing some i don't know if they're going to film i don't know how they're going to do it um peter chonka from blogness on the edge of town said the same Mm -hmm. thing that he thought the first one was a better all-around show Mm -hmm. because you know it was very scripted and it was really really you know he he started one point and then closed that loop but the second one he said was a lot of emotion and in a lot of ways, funnier and, and better. So I yeah. think it's good that he kind of stretched himself again and, and, you know, did this a new way. Yeah, I agree with uh, you. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good assessment. The first, the first run was much more Broadway. Yeah. Second run. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's sort of how I looked at it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and uh, I still am, I, I don't, I think he won't, but I, I still think it would be a great idea for him to set up for a limited run at London's West End, mm-hmm. just because he has such a huge fan base in Europe, and just to have that experience of doing that would be pretty cool. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. But you know, knowing Bruce, though, he would want to make it appropriate for London, and there would, yeah. it, would it would be special for London, right? Yeah, it which would, would be. which would draw me, you know. Yes, on now that you're like, okay, now <laughs> I've got to go there. Exactly. Now you said you've never got to see him overseas. I never got to see him overseas. No. Yeah. It is on the short list though. And yeah, uh, no, I, I, every time I listen to him play Milan, I mean, I just can't believe the crowd and the emotion. Um, sometimes I'm embarrassed by my Jersey fellow Jersey crowds at some of the shows I go to, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they have expectations that are through the roof. Um, they don't respond, you know, the way that, um, you know, I, I would expect the Bruce crowd to respond. And when I listen to the Europeans, you know, the, the emotion and, and, um, it's just, it's an event, 
you know? Yeah. Um, and back in the day, I used to like, you know, they say Bruce, seeing Bruce is kind of like going to watch a prize fight. And I remember in the 80s and the 90s through the reunion tour and so, still now to some degree, when you walk into a Bruce show, you're, you feel like you're about to walk in and you're just going to be bloody walking out. Like you yeah. want to be bloody. You want to go in. Yes. Leave exhausted. And, you know, as if you were just in a battle with the band, like just together. Yeah. Right. I feel like Europe still is able to pull that off, but it doesn't really happen that often. I will give you uh, your brethren some credit. Um, I, I've seen them mostly in Texas, but I've gone to a few shows. Um, I've done Kansas City. I did Nashville. Uh, we did Cleveland and Louisville. But um, during the the second half of the river tour after he went to Europe and he came back and he did that um, two nights at MetLife. And then he went and came back and did the third. But I was on there that second night. I was the night when the guy asked his, you know, yeah. fiance to marry him. Right. Yeah. And, um, and my son came with me and he had only seen him one other time. He had seen him in Oklahoma city with me. And we both were really impressed that, the energy of him being in front of his quote unquote home crowd, mm. you know, that this year. And um, that's the, so far, the only time that, you know, it, it was almost four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had, you know, uh, we had incidents starting out, starting out. And then we got to hear, you know, um, a couple other things with strings and then when he did jersey girl and the proposal and the fireworks i looked at chris and i said i'm done yeah i mean like usually i'm at when i walk out of a show if he wanted to do one more i'd love it and this time i was like i i'd gone to the all you eat buffet i was totally like i couldn't eat another bite and i for the first time ever i was like this is perfect i don't yeah and then immediately you know like the next day you're like okay i want to see him again but at that moment of you know i was sated yeah yeah Um, that was that was at the um 2016 yeah yeah Yeah, i I saw you know i i will give props to my jersey crowd for the life show that that um that was an amazing i was in the pit for that show um, just before the four-hour Philly show, I think we—I think we broke the record. Yeah, then that they Philly immediately broke it. Yeah. Yes, right. That MetLife yeah. show was was yeah. Shorts. Yes. Yeah. Great. Well, um, tougher than the rest is one of my son's favorite songs. He played mm-hmm. that, um, and Jack of All Trades with the strings okay. was yeah. just it. It was just a really, really strong show. Yeah. Uh, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts about like letter to you and Western stars, his, his last two releases? Yeah. I, it's, uh, it's just such a gift to get that music. From that is, that is the perfect word, Vinny. It's just yeah. a gift. I, I, I feel like, you know, I was lucky enough to have him, you know, everybody says the, you know, the, the soundtrack and of your life thing. Right. right? Um, but he's actually now taking us into old age along with him. And, yes. uh, and and I am so grateful for that because I could I could use the help and and sort of like the his his, his own reflections on his own life in Western Stars and um, or through his character 
yeah. uh, are so, I resonate so much with, with me as, as I get older. Um, yeah. And then, and then to turn that around with this love letter back to us called letter to you about, you know, how he's devoted his life to just pouring his soul onto a piece of paper. And I mean, he has such an awareness for what would resonate with his fans and he's able to pull it off with great music and lyrics. I just, I can't, it's just hard. I can't believe it. Like there's, where's the end of this? I mean, he's just. Well, I, I, I say this when I'm talking to someone and I, I, I got, I got upset, but someone on Facebook right after letter to you posted, you know, he needs to quit putting out new material because he's tarnishing his legacy. (laughs) <laughs> and I went, okay, you're an idiot. Right. Um, you know, um, you're an effing idiot. Um, because first off, I don't know, I don't know what he could do to tarnish his image, right? Not much. Yeah, I, you know, a um, of some sort. Maybe, yeah, I guess I so. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I said because, and that's fine if you don't like the album. You know, there, there have been. I mean, I. I, I know people who love the Seeger Sessions. I'm, eh, you know, right. I don't dislike it. It's just not one of those things. But, and I was very vocal about this, Vinny, that, um, you know, I live in Texas. We are so red yep. that it is just, and an, I am, you know, Michael my wife, Bowen. exactly. My wife and I are just, you know, blueberries in this huge vat of strawberries and um and i you know i said if we could get a new springsteen album and a new president 2020 would not be the worst year ever um and to then to not just get a new album but to get such a a loving album like as you said this this talking about his career and 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 I certainly agree with a lot of people that said, I don't think this is his last album, but mm-hmm. if it was, what a really good bookend. Right. Though I do think that, um, you know, I'm 62, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, but you and I grew I graduated 77. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, you know, Close. yeah, yep. you were, you, you were a freshman when I was a senior, probably, you know, that's okay. yeah. Um, and to to reach this creative heights at this time in his career is just ridiculous yeah you know yeah uh, you know you're 71 and you're putting out this album now you know dylan has had a good year and i you know i understand that's the way things work but it is just a really something beautiful it's something beautiful and and um and there's no reason to believe that a guy who's been prolific for, for his entire life won't continue to be right. I mean, yeah. I, I, if he, if he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, but yeah. and, and at this point in our journey with him, whatever he decides to do, he, he does. And, you know, I'm, I'm a hundred percent in, you yeah. know, you got to believe that at some point he's going to start to slow. I, I mean, he's going to have to slow down. He's, he's been Superman, but yeah. Well, the letter to you tour before hours of show, I highly doubt, I highly doubt it. I mean, Patty, I think, would kick his ass if he tries to go over three hours. Like, at some point, his wife is yeah. going to say, you know. Well, enough, and, enough. And, and I do think that the days of back-to-back shows are gone. 
mm-hmm. they will have at least a day or two between shows. I do think he seems to take good care of himself, yeah. uh, nutritionally wise, you know, um, has a pretty solid workout regime. Um, and I bet, um, similar to, um, my wife and I went through a phase where, um, because of Lance Armstrong, we were following the tour de France. Right. And then this past year with the, you know, we still kind of being locked in, we ended up watching again. And, you know, these riders not only have this great nutrition, but they have this massage therapist. And you talked about that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that Bruce and the band are getting the very best yep. care. pre and post concert care possible to help them um yeah but i you know i'm okay you know if it's a two and a half hour show if it's two hour show i don't care i mean just whatever you want to give me bruce exactly i mean look at i mean he's the only guy left that does this so i i saw this past weekend i saw jane's addiction and the offspring and i saw cheap trick and they're you know granted it was a festival but yeah those they, they're only doing two hours or an hour and a half. Yeah. I mean, they said Jason Isbell on Friday night. I saw Jason Isbell on Friday night. It's been quite a couple of weeks. Um, he did 90 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, Bruce is, Bruce is an anomaly. He's just, yeah. And, and I think most shows are 90 minutes, right? Yeah. That I know um, when I went to see the Eagles, um, they, it was the hotel California anniversary tour. So the, the first mm-hmm. part of the show was they played Hotel California in its entirety. Wow. Then they took a 15 minute break and then they came back, did a greatest hit set, mm-hmm. went off stage, then did a quick encore. And from they started at 8.05 and they were right at 11.05 because wow. Henley had said, you know, for three hours, we want you to not worry about what's out there. For three hours, he says, that crap's all going to be out there tomorrow. He said, for tonight, we just want you to not think about all the stuff that's going out there. And so, but including breaks in there. So I was pretty impressed with them. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but funny. they have four lead singers. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. Like it's yeah. not every song is not Bruce. Now, and it's not physical. And I mean, this yeah. show is physical. Yes, I mean, he is. That's a physical yeah. show. He's not standing behind the microphone singing for three hours. He's, no. He's... And you you do wonder, um, and, and it would be a different kind of show, but um, Stephen and Niels and Jake and, and even Gary and Patty all have individual work. So you could mm-hmm. see them, okay, we're going to do a three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour show, but we're also going to have – Neil's do lead on a couple of songs and, you know, yeah. Gary, and, and I would be fine with that. I would be fine with that. I, I have a hard time believing Bruce would do that. I, I, think I agree. He ego the size of, you know, yes. I think I, yeah. I don't, I don't see it. I, he doesn't like to share the stage with, with anybody unless it's, you know, because I always thought about that about, um, cause you know, you'll often see like one of my first shows I went to was Willie Nelson right mm-hmm. and he would have different people in bands sing lead you know they'd take a chance and you're always like well bruce would do that nope no nope. <laughs> yep, it is bruce springsteen and the e street band yes, exactly. yeah. i mean the closest they get is out on the street when he goes you know out on the street Susie, and then Susie yeah. gets to sing a line or out on the street steven and they get to see or if line. i should walk behind you know yeah exactly yeah when they did that yes here, that's you know, good it's calculated though it's very calculated it's very not- calculated <laughs> um 
you are there talk to me about albums and songs that have meant a lot to you over the years um oh yeah i mean early on for me it was really the born to run album that i listened yeah. to over and over again i, I know I, I love the river it was my introduction to bruce and those those songs songs like cadillac ranch which my buddy quoted in his high school yearbook and you know oh, that's we, nice yeah we we, we um that album is special, but that, you know, lying on the couch with the headphones on and the Born to Run vinyl on and, um, and listening to those songs. I mean, one of the, one of my favorite things, I mean, Bruce is fun, yeah, but he's one of the rom- most romantic writers. You know, he, he can write um, in, in that way better than anybody. And I sure. just, I love, I love that type of music from Bruce. So yeah. Um, you know, when I went back to the first two albums, I mean, I, that's one of the things that I absolutely loved about those songs. Yeah. And, you know, some of the most romantic songs I've ever written. But um, And then Matt, the Magic album, honestly, Magic and Wrecking Ball, you know, let's forget about Western Stars and Letter to You for a second, because they're just like, you know, moonbeams that came yeah. down from the heavens, right? I mean, yeah. Wrecking Ball and Magic to me are the two albums in the last 20 years or so that I really love more than anything. Well, and... I, I, I've told this story multiple times on, on the podcast. So listeners, I apologize if I'm repeating myself. And but I had a guy joining me and and I if I've talked to people like yourselves that are longtime fans, you, you they usually nod their head as we're talking to them. He said, I was at the reunion show going, this is it. Mm. this is this is as good as it's ever going to be you know they broke up they've come back they've performed you know i don't think bruce will ever be a greatest hits act but they're going to go do other things and you know we've seen the best it's ever is maybe every couple years we'll get a tour but that's it he said and i he goes i think back to that guy and i want to go you have no what idea what's coming. You have no idea what's coming. Yeah. You know, you have The Rising. You have Wrecking Ball. You have Broadway. You have an autobiography book. I mean, you have just, yeah. you know, on and on. It's, it's I mean, it's the, it's the tale of two, of two lifetimes, really. Yes. I mean, he had, he had everything up until 87. And yeah. then, you know, the, the, what I consider solo stuff, you know, yeah. in the 90s. Um even even Human Touch and Lucky Town to me, I yeah. consider more solo than anything sure. else. Um, so you got, you, I mean, he bookended it, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's twenty years of a, some of the most prolific, wonderful music. I often think about you know how painters like Picasso has periods, right. you know, and that you talk about there you could you could make this whole, and it would be there scholars could spend hours debating. What are the different phases of Springsteen? Is this, you know, this is the Broadway era or is this, you know, like, you know, what do you like the rising Renaissance and what do you, you know, like all these different things. And, you know, it's just crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. I mean, and and there's something coming next, you know, there is, yes, even if it's personal and stripped down, um, I just know that he's going to go out strong, um, and, and yeah, I agree too. There's no reason to not believe that. I mean, he has- no, and in fact, you know, I, I don't think he will do this. But I think of 
Johnny Cash with a Rick Rubin American recordings, right? Where Cash just sat there with the guitar and Rubin said, just play songs you want to love. Right. You know, and just, it, and some of them were great. Some of them were eh. But yeah. as a whole, you're like, what a brilliant way for Johnny Cash to end his career. Yes. And and I, I don't think that's what Bruce has in mind because he doesn't think he's that good of a vocalist. Right. Um, but I, I, yeah, I'm excited about what he's going to do. Yeah. Over 100 shows, over 150 shows. Is there anything you're still chasing? Is there any songs that you haven't got to hear live that you want to? I mean, honestly, not not really at this okay. point. I, I, I mean, I want the letter to you, Tor. Sure. I want to hear Western Stars music live, too. Yeah. I, mean, so I hope he does those, some of those songs in there also. But yeah, there's really nothing. I mean, nothing really that, that I haven't heard. So... I've asked this for a couple of people and, and you, this is just pure speculation on your part and maybe a wish list on your part. When he tours, it's going to have been over a year since letter to you came out at the best. Right. And, you know, do you think he will treat that as like, like with the magic tour, like magic came out, they toured and there was right. a heavy. So will it be a letter to you tour? Is that what, yes, you're, what yes. you're asking? Or 100%. is it good? You think so, huh? I do. I do. I think, I think it will be. And I think, you know, I, if you go back to darkness, right. Didn't, didn't darkness come out and then he was in legal trouble and he couldn't yeah. get out on the road. And so the album was out for a while. If I'm not, I could be mistaken. I mean, by the way, the people that you have on your show, the level of Bruce knowledge is just freakish. I, I, I thought I was a fan until I listen to your podcast and I'm like, holy smokes. I, I just don't, I mean, so I could have this completely wrong, but I think. Dawson's yeah, I know what you're saying. And, then, yeah. and someone brought up, who knows, he may have another album that he wants to release. And that's going to be the yet to be named album tour. Right. right. Um, right. But I do hope he throws in a couple of Western stars songs. Yeah. If it is a letter to you. Um, I certainly think there's plenty in there that would work, work right with the E street band. That's good. I agree. I mean, I'm taking bets now that he opens with, with um, burn and train. And as yeah. a matter of fact, I had, um, there's a guy on, on, on Twitter that, that transcribes Springsteen songs. And I, I play in this band through um, a local music school here in Asbury and, and I'm bringing Burn and Train to the band. We have a three sh- three song gig at the Stone Pony in November. Oh, I'm nice. Gonna, I'm going to play Burn and Train on that stage at the Stone Pony before Bruce gets a chance to. Yes. <laughs> I thought Burning Train would open it too, but I now suspect Ghost will be the what they kick off. Well, that's a good uh, guess. Too. Uh, but good. I, yeah, I thought Burning Train was. I, I think I. That's what my mind for the longest time when I heard that. Just I think that energy starting would be great. It would be great. Yes, that D chord ringing out in the beginning. Oh, it's just amazing. Hear. Yes, and with the lights out. Lights oh, yeah. out the decor at the burning train, and then they just rip into burning train. That that oh. would that would be. Happy. I'm ready. I'm ready now. <laughs> uh, is there anything I should have asked you that I hadn't, Vinny? Oh, this has been a great conversation. Yeah, I love. I I I, I, yeah, I good. I could talk about this all day, but yeah. Well, we will have you on again. I will thank definitely. Um, so before I let you go. Uh, we got to ask you the Mary question. So for right. those of you who are friends with Vinny and you're listening to this podcast first, thank you. Uh, your guy did great. 
Um, but I end every podcast with a Mary question. Jay Armstrong, who is in the Philadelphia area, is an honors English teacher that just recently retired. Mm-hmm. And he would take his seniors and they would spend two days in the honors English class, breaking apart Thunder Road, um, treating it like a poem, looking at yep. the imagery, looking at the lyrics, compare it to Robert Frost. And then at the end of the two days, he asked his class, does Mary get in the car? Vinny, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? There is no question that she gets in the car. I mean, okay. this this song is a guy's, he pulls out all the stops to convince her to get in the car. I mean, every single stanza of that song is is another reason why she needs to get in the car. I mean, he laid it all out there. If she doesn't get in the car, I have no faith in humanity. I'll tell you. Okay, there you go. She, she got in the car. Very no nice. Doubt. Right after her dress waved. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, if someone wants to reach you, are, are you on social media? I am on Twitter, yes. Okay. T-R-I-P-V-I-N. Go ahead, say again. T-R-I-P-V-I-N. Okay. All right. Very nice. Vinny, this was great. I hope you had fun. That was great. We Thank loved, you. appreciate it so much. Keep, keep um, going. I, you know, you, your stamina is amazing. Keep it going. <laughs> well, I am trying. <laughs> I, I keep going. Uh, Bruce like you are. Yes. Bruce, well, Bruce. it is. Thank I'm you. Good. That's nice of you to go. I just love talking Bruce with people. So mm-hmm. it's pretty easy. Uh, listeners, you please go get vaccinated. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Remember to social distance. Let's all be good to each other because that's how we're going to get through this. Thank you, Vinny. Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at SetLustingBruce, and my personal Twitter is at DFW. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only. Fed listening Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.